This episode of Real Estate You is sponsored by Carefree Home Warranty. The Carefree Home Warranty provides home protection from unexpected breakdowns or malfunctions of your home's mechanical systems. This includes HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and appliances. The Carefree Home Warranty provides confidence in the home you're purchasing and peace of mind knowing that you are protected. Visit us online at carefreehomewarranty.com or you could call or text Joe Guerrera at 913-283-0234. Carefree Home Warranty. Protection from the unexpected. The Real Estate You Podcast with Letty Ann. Welcome back to Real Estate You with Letty Ann, our podcast series, season four. And I'd like to welcome Doreen Courtright, my friend and fellow real estate professional. Doreen is with Douglas Element in New York City. So we're going to talk to Doreen today about what's happening in New York City, what the market looks like there, and all of that good stuff. Welcome, Doreen. So good to see you. Good to see you too, Letty and Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So New York, they've really been slow. New York City, as because that's where you live and that's where we're talking to you from your residence. Um, what things have been slow to get back to some sort of sense of normal, maybe more than other cities. Is, is that right? Yeah, well, we were locked down from, I would say, maybe around March 13th. We They closed our office and we were not allowed to physically show properties until June 22nd. So for that whole period of time, if you had a listing, you couldn't show it. And then, of course, nobody was putting anything new on. So the market just stopped for that period of time. So we reopened end of June, and then slowly people started feeling more comfortable about going to see apartments and houses. And it's ramping up. So I would say now we're at about 50% to what we were year over year as far as going into contract. Okay, so you said you're up 50%? No, we're we're down 50%. So okay. we're doing half as much business as we did in 2019. And 2019 was not a good year in New York. And what do you attribute that to? Um, I feel like here the market kind of peaked in 2016, 2017. And then it just really slowed down. It like turned off. And I don't know really what the reasoning was. It was just maybe, um, I think salt had a lot to do with it. That definitely put a damper on when the new tax laws went in. And, um, you know, the dollar being so strong, New York is a very investor town with people from overseas buying. When the dollar is cheap, they can buy for a 20% discount. And the last couple of years, the dollar has been really strong. So it's not an incentive for anybody overseas to buy property in New York. But uh, the pandemic is one thing, but there's so, of course, New York, the epicenter of the energy of the world is the way I describe it. Um, I love New York and uh, I look forward to coming back. But you have had, you as a city have had other challenges. Um, you've had rioting, you've had uh, all, you've, you've been boarded up and then unboarded and then boarded up and unboarded. Um, how has that affected your business and your city as a whole? Well, it's been, um, it's been really depressing actually, because it's disappointing to see 
neighborhoods that are so vibrant, like say Soho, which is a big shopping district that has all the high-end retail get totally decimated. Like people just running rampant through their, you know, breaking windows and running into stores and stealing merchandise. There, it felt like there was no control and nobody was, nobody wanted to do anything about it. That was the, you know, from up on top, the, the mayor just kind of like turned his back and told the cops not to do anything. The police stood down, you know, and then one night I was watching the news and it was the uh, part of Madison Avenue where my office is and they were ransacking the Microsoft store, the Harmon store, which are all on my block. And that like really just totally freaked me out because I felt like I was living in a city that had no laws. But thankfully that has stopped. But, you know, you'd be out showing properties and then there'd be a protest marching down the street. So it was, you know, it was really dicey there for a couple months. And then with the election, they boarded everything up again. But because the way the election turned out was the way that the people in New York wanted it to. So thankfully there have been no protests and no looting. But, you know, everything is not set in stone yet. So it's still kind of a, a moving target. How is selling properties in New York different than selling elsewhere? Well, selling properties in New York is really different than selling, I think, almost anywhere else, unless you're in a really big city like New York, because it's a vertical city. We don't have lock boxes. Um, If you have a listing, you have to be there for every showing. So you have to coordinate the showing with the buyer's agent, with your seller, and with the buyer. Then now with COVID, you have to fill out forms, send it to the managing agent who manages the building. You can't just show up unannounced at a building and say, oh, I'm going to show apartment 8D in 15 minutes. They're going to go, oh, did you send in your forms? You have to get your temperature taking. And then every single building has different rules. So it's a lot of extra work. But you don't get in a car with a buyer and, you know, go see properties the way that you would in the suburbs. It's kind of you have to um, make a tour based on the neighborhood. And you usually if it's a nice day or if it's not snowing or raining, you kind of walk from apartment to apartment, which is good because you could get a lot done in a quicker period of time because we're in a small geographic area. But then if you're working with a a buyer who's like the $3 million buyer or up, usually what you do is you would get a car and driver and drive them around. Like if you're looking at townhouses, but, um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely different in, in more than more ways than that. The other thing is that in New York, it's not like if you get a deal, you sell a house, you get the contract signed and then they get their financing and everything. And then you sell it. In New York, you have this whole other level of approvals. It has to go be, uh, before the board of the co-op or the condo. So you have to submit all the buyers' financials, letters of recommendations, tax returns. It's usually like a five or 600 page document that then goes to the managing agent. They run their credit check, they vet it, then they send it to the board. Then the board decides if they like the people or not, And if they do, then they'll interview them. And then if they pass the interview, then your deal goes through. So there's many more hurdles than just getting a deal signed. 
So when you say the board, is that the, the board at the apartment building or the complex? Yeah, itself? the co-op board or the condo board. They really approve whether they like the person or not? They approve whether they like the person or not, whether the person has enough money to um, be able to withstand another pandemic or losing their jobs so that they could pay their maintenance and their mortgage. And then they also, you know, will vet it on the, the list price that you have. So I've seen proper people being turned down that are worth $8 million buying a one bedroom for 800,000 cash get turned down because the board didn't like the price that the apartment was going to sell for. Oh my word. So yeah. from, from contract to close, what, what's the typical number of days? Oh, about 90 days minimum. Oh, really? 90 days minimum to close. So you could never close a cash deal in 30 days? No, no, because there's too much you have to get approved. You have to submit, you know, your, well, if it's cash, you can maybe do 60 days, but 90 days is usually about the soonest you could get a deal done. And in- so like right now it's, it's November, whatever I get into contract from here on in is for 2021, 2021. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're pretty close on the cusp as well. Anything new coming to the market or getting under contract will likely close in January. Uh, although we can close in 30 days uh, if it's cash and depending upon the in, uh, if they're doing inspections or not doing inspections. Do you, do you in New York close with um, title or escrow companies or do you use attorneys? We use attorneys. Okay, which makes it a little so, more <laughs> taxing as yeah. well, probably. So we, when we have a deal, we do a deal sheet. The, the uh, brokers work out all the details on the deal, and then the deal sheet goes to the attorneys with the financials, the offering plan. They have to read the board minutes, and then once they vet it, then the buyer and seller can sign it. And the other thing is it's not a deal until both parties sign. So it's not like you see an apartment and the buyer says, okay, I want it. I'm going to put $1,000 down, sign a, a, you know, I guess maybe a purchase agreement. We don't have that here. You're not in contract until all the due diligence is done and the buyer signs and puts their 10% down and then the seller signs. So anytime during that period, somebody can come along and offer more and you lose your deal. Oh, my word. It's like holding your breath uh, at every turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you better have all your ducks in a row and not just you, the buyer, being sure that they have everything to show to purchase and be ready and have their game face on if they actually have, need to be liked or not liked. Isn't, I yeah. mean, that, that's crazy. Yeah. You have to find out, like, how long they've worked at their job, you know, like, who they're going to be able to get letters of recommendation from. And every building has a different level of you know, who they want the people to be. So it's kind of dicey, you know, like, where did they go to college? Like, well, why should that matter to you? Well, in this building, it does, you know? It's like a fraternity or sorority when you're just trying to get in. Um, Yeah, and because it's a corporation, you can't go back and say, well, why did my people get turned down? They don't have to tell you why. So give us the definition of a co-op, because I hear that a lot when people are talking about New York City and the co-op. Okay, so there's in New York, there's co-ops and condos. Co-ops can comp- comprise about 65% of all the buildings in New York City, because they were buildings that used to be rentals that were converted 
to cooperatives like in the late 70s and early 80s. So it's a corporation that owns the building. They own all the shares in the corporation. So you as the buyer are not buying the physical property. You're buying a stock certificate with shares in that corporation. So then you get a, a lease from the corporation to lease out your apartment. So you still have the right to renovate it and sell it and everything, but the purchasing is different because there's different taxes on a corporation on buying a co-op. The closing costs for buying a co-op are a lot less expensive than a condo because buying a condo, you're buying real property. So there's a mortgage recording tax and the title insurance. So co-ops are a lot cheaper to purchase as far as closing costs go. And they're about 20% cheaper than buying a condo just because there's more of them and the hurdle to get in is higher. I see. So you've uh, told us a lot about uh, buying in New York, but what, what if one was selling? What does that look like if you were to get a listing? And is it really like the million-dollar listing on TV? You know, none of that is fake, and I know what you're going to say. But, uh, but in everyone's mindset, oh, million-dollar listing, New York City. Um, well, I would say a little bit of the million-dollar listing is true, I mean, we do, the brokers do have relationships. It's like in New York, I think there's 25,000 real estate agents, but the top 10% do all the deals. So you tend to go show a property and the person on the other side is somebody you've done a deal with or somebody that you'd like to do a deal with or somebody that you know. So there is a lot of camaraderie and, you know, it's always fun to see a listing that you know, you get an email from somebody and you go, oh, I love that broker. I can't wait to show it. She'll have a good buyer. So, um, what, wait, what was your question? <laughs> And it, that's, and that's okay about the question. Cause everything you just said, I think is true everywhere. Okay. You said 25,000 agents, 10% do most of the deals. I, I think right. that's the same in every market. Well, we have close to, if not over now, 12,000 uh, licensed persons uh, in the Kansas City metropolitan area. And I would say also as well, 10% of them are doing most of the work um, or, or are out there full time uh, doing that. And it is pleasant when you, when you know the other broker or you know the other real estate agent that has the listing or that's bringing the buyer. And there's something to be said about that because I always encourage people at our office to, you know, play, play nice in the sandbox, which yeah. they, all, they all do. I don't even have to tell them that because you're inevitably going to work with these folks. Um, and right. I, I always say every agent you meet, if you don't know them, put them in your phone. Because isn't it wonderful? They're going to show your listing and you can just go, hey, Doreen, thank you so much for showing that property today. You're already making a relationship with them, which I think, and would you agree, it's equally as important to have that relationship with your co-op agent as it, as it is with your buyers and sellers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you asked me about what was the difference with selling. And the one big thing about New York City is we don't have an MLS. Really? So, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, we don't have an MLS. So we don't put our listing into an MLS when we get it. All the companies have their own database. And then we have Street Easy, which is owned by Zillow. So all the companies put their listings in and we share them with all the companies, but there's not an MLS. So it makes, you know, it makes it a little bit more difficult for tracking, you know, what's been selling and 
who's selling what. Like I can't do a search to see how many houses Letty Ann has sold in the last year. I don't think that's even possible to do in New York. So the street easy, do, do all the brokerages, do they use that universally or is it just an option? Well, it's, it's an option. It's more of an option for the buyers because that's a place, that's like the buyer's MLS where they could go to that website and pretty much all the other listings, every, everything should be in there rather than going to Douglas Elliman, checking their website, checking Compass, checking Corcoran, you know, so everything gets aggregated to Street Easy, but it's not controlled by the real estate board in New York. It's controlled by Zillow. Well, so let me ask you, doing, I want to ask you, how do you, how do you feel about that? I, I don't know that I would like that. Zillow is spying on all of us. That's well, it's not good because now Street Easy is taking our listings and selling them to other brokers and now they have the expert program so that if you want to try to get some of those buyers back, now you have to pay, you get a lead from Streeties, you have to pay them a 30% referral fee. So they're basically stealing like all of our leads that we would get. And, but the cat's out of the bag because everybody agreed to let them have our listings. And unless all the companies would get together and say, we're not going to let you list our properties, then, you know, that's, that's the way it is. So, and we just have a few minutes left, Doreen. I have a a few more questions I really want to know. Uh, Well, first of all, we both have the same real estate coach, which is wonderful. Um, And uh, I'm, I'm blessed to know you. I've known you for several years now. um, And, um, but I'm, I'm curious, I never asked you this. How competitive is it to be a real estate professional in New York city? Oh, it's really competitive because everybody probably knows at least three, four or five real estate agents. So, you know, and you're competing against the top people, even, you know, in your own office. So it's very competitive, but I have to say, I don't feel that it's cutthroat. You have to, you have to stand out and, you know, you have to, you have to, Nobody gives you leads except if you're, you know, buying leads from Street Easy or Zillow. Um, you just have to make a reputation, and that's probably the biggest thing. And I, you know, having people like you and people from our coaching community, I, I have a, a, a listing appointment this week with somebody that I got from the Tom Ferry organization, which was, you know, good. Somebody up in Harlem, and um, you know, you just have to, you have to worry about yourself and not worry about your competition. Right. How, how, how you stand out from everyone else. And plus New York city is such a big place. Uh, is there one area? I mean, there's so many districts and areas. Um, do you have one in particular that you concentrate on? Well, I live on the upper East side. So probably I would say the upper East side is the neighborhood that I probably know the best because I've lived here for so long. But back in the olden days, an agent would be on the east side, and if she got a listing on the west side, she would refer it to a west side agent. And those days are completely over unless you're like one of the real old timers that doesn't know where Tribeca is. So right now, I cover all of Manhattan. I cover most of Brooklyn and parts of Queens. And then I have a team. So I have Max on my team that knows Long Island City and Williamsburg very well. And then I have John who knows downtown. So there's times where I'll just like say, John, here's a buyer. You take them out. 
but basically I, I know the whole city like the back of my hand. Love it. And I can't wait to celebrate with you one day there or wherever we're, uh, we have the opportunity to meet. So again, I'm talking with Doreen Cartwright. I, excuse me, Courtright. Doreen, I just want to thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you for letting us know what's going on in New York. Um, I only have like two minutes just quickly. Are, are you seeing a mass exodus or who are you seeing coming to New York to, uh, to, to move there and live there? Is this a good time to buy? It's a great time to buy. I mean, prices are down about 20% and they're still about 10% negotiable. So if you're waiting for the bottom, the bottom is now. Um, there are a lot of people that have left, but they're mainly people that were going to leave anyway, people with two little kids that couldn't take being, you know, in a small two bedroom apartment that have left for the suburbs. But I'm seeing a lot of people still get transferred to New York. I'm working with people from San Francisco, Chicago, a guy who's waiting to go back to the office. It's moving here from Atlanta. So there's still a lot of movement. A lot of people are still figuring that now is a good a time. If they ever wanted to live in New York City, they know that now is a really good time to get a deal. Beautiful. And for any of you watching today, if you're interested in moving to New York City, please reach out to Doreen Courtright. She's a real estate professional with Douglas Elliman. And she knows, as she said, Manhattan and other boroughs like the back of her hand. So Doreen, thank you so much. And I want to thank everyone who's watching today. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Real Estate You with Letty Ann. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. This episode of Real Estate You is sponsored by Carefree Home Warranty. Visit us online at carefreehomewarranty.com. Or you could call or text Joe Guerrera at 913-283-0234. Carefree Home Warranty. Protection from the unexpected.